Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So it's a humbling deal. Uh, what else, you know, the hell can you say? It's easy for some dead people, but... That's why I'm not, you know, I try not to be so macho with the cane, but I got this neuropathy in it. It's like I'm drunk all the time. I mean, without drinking, and believe me, that's not fun. I'd rather be drunk and wobble, but uh, I cannot, you know, it's, uh, it's tough. So I look like I'm 80 years old here. I don't know, linebackers, I just think is, well, at least it wasn't my time. It was fun to play. Now it's, it's getting so specialized and with the, you know, with the passing game and everything else, you, it's, very rarely you see uh, like a middle guy, like like this Cal kid uh, Weaver. He looks like a old school middle linebacker guy. Uh, but a lot of them are like on the corners, you know, like like uh, Cleo Mack. You know, he's supposedly a linebacker. Come on, uh, but he's good. He's good. So you can be called a linebacker. Travinsky. Uh, when people ask me about them, I thought, well, they're, they're not going to surprise anybody, and they got to really tough schedule so they got to be really lucky with injuries and uh Travinsky goes down and then you know everybody's bitching about the new quarterback and you know so everybody is able to find a find a reason to get on their case but yeah they've got a way to go it's not over yet you know I, I did what I thought I was supposed to do and I you know I, I had I'm knocking the out of people you know so to end here I, I just uh, I, you know our flight was canceled yesterday and we didn't get in until three in the morning and I'll you know, 14 of our family, so I might be under the weather here, a little off about something, but uh, get over it, as they say. So I uh, appreciate you coming and uh, write good things. So I'm sorry to report to my friends in Chicago, the nightmare continues. Chicago Tribune sports page. Really? Column by Stephen Rosenblum. Steve Rosenblum. You know him? Never heard the Never name heard before. Yeah. Steve Rosenblum. I think Chance the Rabbi is the way to go. Brian Peruk. Well, when's he coming back? I said, you want to come back? And it was an emphatic, no. We're glad he misses us. Sitting in for Mike Esposito, who's sitting in for Jordan Burnfield, who's sitting in for Wayne Randazzo, who's sitting in for Mark Grody, who's sitting in for Brian Peruk. It's Matt Spiegel. This is funny, because we're trying so hard to make this funny, and it's not funny. They suck, so you don't have to. Baseball is full of suck right now. For some reason, they sing. Oh, the duck duck here and the quack quack there, right? Take the last train to Turdsville, and we'll meet you at the station. Take the last train to Turdsville. They're in need of sanitation, don't you know? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. They won't stop singing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a master's course 
in stupid. You're tapping two kegs of stupid, and it is really flowing. What percentage is five bucks uh, on a hundred? They have celebrity rebukes. This is Wayne Mesmer, Senior Executive Vice President of the Wolves. You know, in all my years involved in sports and many teams, I have never been involved with something that sucks so badly. The three words that best describe this show are as follows, and I quote, Stink, stank, stunk. It's Rosenblum and Spiegel on WSCR, 670 The Score. We should be 670 WSUK. Good morning, welcome in. Saturday Suckage, Steve Rosenblum, Matt Spiegel, the WB Club. And you're probably going to need some WB assistance to watch Matt Spiegel's perfect, miserable football game tomorrow. <laughs> you will probably need to self-medicate in order to survive the Mitch Trubinsky Bowl. We just heard... Trubinsky. Thank you, Buckus. Buckus, Trubinsky, so Chicago mispronounced the name of the guy who should not have been drafted second overall, traded up for, and why don't you share with the fans who have been listening to baseball and we need to talk a little football because as if the Bears in London wasn't miserable enough, Uh the Mitch Trubisky-Ryan Pace Bowl is played tomorrow, Chiefs and Texans. Right at noon. Right at noon. Set down. (laughs) Settle in. Bloke. Settle in. Or you could just watch Red Zone, which will give you all the touchdowns, which will mostly just be that game. Yes. As Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes go back and forth. Yeah, I have trouble. But I've always been this guy. When Phil Emery took Shea McClellan in that draft from from Boise State, Mm -hmm. right? Chicken dinner road, Shea McClellan of the, and 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 pass rushers taken after Shea McClellan included Chandler Jones mm-hmm. and Whitney Merciless. Right, right after, directly, right after, directly after, right. as if from as the if the old, other from the state that Phil Emery is mm-hmm. was employed in, as it turns out. Yeah, Whitney Merciless still still getting sex these days. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I I've had trouble letting that go. Um. And I'm having a lot of trouble not just fixating on Deshaun, who was definitively a better choice. And I was on the air at the time saying so. And Mahomes, who would have been a risky choice, but who obviously has turned out to be, I don't know, NFL MVP. And we instead instead live in the town where the GM got suckered in and traded up for the wrong guy. And fell in love with that guy on... 13 college starts. Yeah. And now seems to be trying to catch up. He's in his junior year, I guess, and he's hurt in his junior year. And that's that's an issue. But it kind of takes the edge off Adam Shaheen, doesn't it? <laughs> Drafted three rounds ahead of George Kittle. Yeah, I was going to say George Kittle. <laughs> right there for you. 
This yeah, is- it, it's tough to it's tough to live those things down. But you know, sometimes sometimes everybody was wrong too. For instance, do you remember who the Bears took just a few picks before the Steelers took Antonio Brown? Bears took Dan Lefevre in that in that was it the seventh round? I believe either yes, sixth or seventh, sixth or seventh round. round. They yeah, took Dan, Dan Lefevre. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, um, you would have gotten more use out of Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. Yes, a lot of well. Tom Brady, sixth round, the most famous of them. Right, all. right, right. So there's there's a lot of stuff like that. But this was However, you had three quarterbacks. Yes. You knew we were going to go in the first round. You were going to trade up for one of them. And you took the guy without the strongest arm. You took the guy who was not pro-ready. Right. You took that guy. The guy who played the least. Yes. That's the guy you took. Mm-hmm. And it looks like you have that guy now. You, you are kind of are who you're record says you are or is the offensive coordinator meaning the head coach killing ryan pace's draft choice because ryan pace promised accuracy but he's most inaccurate while standing in the pocket he's most accurate Mm. on the run we saw more of that last year than we had this year before he got injured right and and why would why would he do that? Because he got hurt once running against Minnesota and Harrison Smith hurt him. He's He's been most effective. He extended drives. Grody made the point early on this season on the show yeah. that Mitch Trubisky made a difference in drives by extending them with his legs, and there's been a reluctance to do that. Is that his choice, or is that the coaches saying don't run? Mitch Trubisky was much more accurate rolling out. On the run, something out of the pocket, and now he's been chained to it. This is almost, it's not as severe, it's not as onerous as Mike Martz making Jay Cutler stand back there while a line can't block for him, but it's the same thing playing against type. This is not what he does well. You're supposed to put your guy in a position to win, right? Yeah, but you're training him. You're training him to try and this is become not the a time better to train him. Now it's the time to this win. This is time to win a Super Bowl. Did Russell Wilson need to be trained? Russell Wilson is a is a true marvel as an NFL quarterback. There's no question, but at, at that point in his career, at this point in Mitch's career, they took what Russell will they let Russell Wilson sort of be Russell Wilson. Absolutely it did. Like. They had a better running game than the Bears want to have. The, the Bears said they would and do not have, but that defense resounds. Whatever they don't, may not have a Legion of Boom name, but mm-hmm. this is not the time to teach. Mitch Trebinsky, you have to do what he does well. This is isn't this your window? And and in the NFL, not for long. Doesn't stay open long, does yeah, it? Yeah, no. It, Russell Wilson as a rookie and in year two in leading the Seahawks very very far. Um, just did a lot of zone read, did a, a few designed runs, scrambled a lot, ran for first downs. That was the strength he had. Mm-hmm. So. He was either encouraged, allowed, or just freelance to do it. He was not lassoed. He was not held hostage in the pocket. And Mitch, more often than not, has seemed that way now. And he doesn't have the advantage of a running game that that his coach wants to commit to. You look at those. After Nagy refused to run against Green Bay, just refused to even try. And then Green Bay proceeded to give up 100 yards a game the rest of the month every time they showed up on the field. Mm. 
and you saw what a what a mistake that was, and it could be a mistake that makes a difference between the playoffs or not, or playing a wild card game or winning the division. And that's a huge, a huge mistake by a coach. That's a rookie mistake by a coach who should know better. And we were told that the coach was smarter because he had a year in, and we were told that the quarterback was better, right? Wasn't that all the raves about this is Mitch 2.0? He's in the second year, and no. I'm so glad you're here, Rosie. My mood has improved dramatically. (laughs) I'm bringing up points. Since you walked into the room. Yeah. What were you happy about? What were you happy about before? Frank Menachino? <laughs> I was a little bit happy about Frank Menachino. I was happy because I was living in a baseball playoff bubble where I was watching ball games that were interesting. You know? they, they were. The, the, the man who would be Edwin Jackson threw, nearly threw a no-hitter. <laughs> that was the whole thing. Anibal Sanchez did not want to play for Theo's Cubs back then, so they signed Edwin Jackson yeah. to $52 million. Yeah, it's true. So it's good, good memory. All right, so let me maybe this will make you happier. Is having the Cubs gone from the World Series to fall one level short of the World Series the next year, one level short of that level the next year to not making the playoffs this season, is Theo the right guy to do this rebuild? To reboot this team? Is he the right guy? Well, he is the, he is the guy. He's, uh, he's it doesn't matter whether he is or not. Mm-hmm. Money, I'm convinced money, $6 million, was the reason in a tight budget that Theo couldn't go into Tom Ricketts' office and say, we need to get rid of this manager. I need somebody else. Money was so tight. He had a manager. He moved his office into Joe Madden's clubhouse, and they played worse. So... Theo would seem to be responsible for it. Is he the right guy to do this? Uh, I I, th- I think he's going to do some very interesting things and take some chances, and he better hit on a lot of them. But I think he's really going. They've already done some stuff in terms of what um, you know the infrastructure, and there's a director of hitting coming. There's a director of pitching. All that stuff is coming, but there's roster reconstruction coming. There's different ways of teaching, and there's a different manager coming. He's going to be very very active, and. Uh, Look, if if I was given the choice, you could have anybody in the game who would be uh, have to deal with their own mistakes from the past, but was going to be willing and active to try and clean something up. He'd be among my top choices. I don't think the Yankees would give me Brian Cashman, who did things on the fly in 2016. Uh, Andrew Friedman, I don't think they're going to give me him. No. Um, I don't think that Jeff Lunau is going to loan us Kevin Goldstein or anything like that from the Houston Astros. Nobody will try to hack into your information base. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, I'm, I'm very interested to see what Theo and Jed do with this opportunity because you, your window is, is right the hell now, so you better be very, very active and decisive this offseason after last offseason not being so. Does Washington's wonderful run at, after starting 19 and 31 being, you know, remember Dave Martinez was, they came in here, they were going to fire Dave Martinez yeah. right after 50 games. Yeah. This is the Houston Astros in 2005 when they were 15 and 30 at Memorial Day. And mm-hmm. they went on to the World Series before they ran into the White Sox and on that juggernaut that was the last week of the season for the White Sox when they went 17 and one hmm. the rest of the way. So, so does the nationals 
being rid of Bryce Harper and pulling this off and looking like a a train that is unstoppable do anything for you on the Chris Bryant trade o meter do the do the cubs have a Juan Soto and a Victor Robles ready to step in as yeah, the as the Nationals have did have a Robel Garcia yeah yeah no no. no, I mean, but look, they may they may very well trade Brian. I think they're going to trade somebody from that from that core, but the comp is not there because the Nationals got cheaper and younger and a little better. In fact, a lot better by wins and losses. And that starting staff was yeah, 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 for the, sure. The starting staff looks like what we heard the Cubs were going to be. The Nationals, right? yeah, but it, it better uh, better than the Cubs could have dreamed because they have swing and miss guys. They have three different guys with at least what two hundred and twenty five Ks, and then the fourth guy is the one who threw a no hitter <laughs> yes, for seven and two thirds last yes, night. He does. <laughs> That's the fourth guy. Yes, he does. He's a, Jose Martinez is the cookie lava nah, jello man. of this millennium. The national, the national. That's nice. I like that. <laughs> Um, that's a big Bill Bevins reference it is. right there. It is. I'm a yeah. fan. Um, then the Nationals were—they were a d- disappointing disaster at 19 and 31 because they are closer to what we're watching now. They have two. They were hurt. Generationally were- superb pitchers at the top of the rotation, mm-hmm. and then a 140 million dollar lefty who had a great year last year, not another very good year this year. They're three and four. Rendon and Soto is the real deal as a three and four. It's what it's what you dreamed of Bryant and Rizzo being. It's what Manny Ramirez and David Ortiz were for a while. At least this year, Rendon and Soto were that. And still are, and have been that in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah that's studs. That, and Rizzo and Bryant were that, which leads us to, and those guys should have continued to be that. So if you trade Bryant, you're trading a guy who has been injured more than you would hope and has, well, I don't know what that does to his trade value or not, but they were those guys in the, in the, at the top of the order, that Cubs order, they hit like that. The MVP, the the MVP candidate, they were they were like that, and it didn't last. One of the things about that involves David Ross and running the clubhouse. And we talked about the sergeant at arms mentality. Mm-hmm. But there's another thing that I want to bring up about the sergeant at arms. Uh, we'll play a game called Quienes Mas Macho. And it involves some choices that the Cubs will face. So we'll do that. We'll tell you our guests are David Schuster, because the Bulls played a game that doesn't mean anything. I think that's going to be the running theme all year. I think you have to say. The Bulls played a game that didn't mean anything. uh, Bulls pre and post game host. He announced that last week. Yeah. And halftime and all that. Yes. So uh, David Schuster will be here at 1140. Uh, One o'clock, Tony Andraki, NBC Sports Chicago. We'll talk. He wrote a piece on Jose Quintana, yay or nay. And that's kind of down on the list, which is remarkable. But that's uh, we'll talk to him about that. Our phone number is 312-644-6767. Text us at 67011. You know what we're going to do? We'll practice this now. We're going to act like a big radio show. Now, I know you're used to this, Speaks. Mm. I am not. Okay. Because normally on Saturday Suckage, what we used to do is we'd give away, like, pictures of the parking pass 
that went along with the tickets that the regular shows would give away during the week. <laughs> we did. Spilkis filled his loaded his pants one time, but we gave away a picture of a parking pass that I think Boris and Bernstein gave away with their tickets. Okay. We're gonna give away overall today five pairs of tickets to Billy Joel's show at Notre Dame Stadium. Wow, that's pretty cool. So to the sixth caller to our contest line, 312-591-6700, you will win a pair of tickets to see Billy Joel at Notre Dame Stadium next summer, June 20th. So that's it, sixth caller. And taking attendance before we take this break, uh, Emma, she's the snack queen of Middle Earth at my Trader Joe's. So here's the thing. My queen has said that her mother and brother went to Europe and left the queen at home. I think there will be a royal beheading upon their return. And the crime is that my queen fits neatly into the overhead compartment, so it wouldn't have cost that much more. But that's the way it is. This is Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, let's flip all the cards. I give up. What is it? Well, this this is this is David Bowie. This is Moon Age Daydream. It always freaks me out when they play it because it's clearly like a mono mix or something because the vocal is happening right now over this entire thing. But it's and there's the background background vocals. But I don't think that's what he was asking. He was asking us what is... What, what album had an anniversary? We did the 50th anniversary of Abbey Road last week. Yeah, 40th anniversary, so 79. No, I don't know. I don't know. Sean? It's Springsteen? What is it? Tell us. Do you have a microphone? You can't hear it. Yeah. You can't hear your Microphone speak. and radio is yeah. a pretty vital that, that's thing. Not, that's on Withers. Uh, it's the 40th anniversary of uh, Fleetwood Mac's Tusk. Okay. Thank you for that. Well, You're welcome. And as S, they did it with the SC band. SC's playing Notre Dame today, so mm-hmm. we can long, winding, useless tie-in. There it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad we. Guinness Mas Macho. There you go. We're gonna play that game. Guinness Mas Macho. This is. I'm excited to play Guinness Mas Macho. The answer is Burt Reynolds. I think it. It usually is. It always is, especially when Norm MacDonald would imitate him. <laughs> All right, Guinness Mas Macho. Okay. David Ross or Joe Girardi in this instance. Guinness Mas Macho. When you have to tell Theo Epstein his free agency choices suck 
and to stop it. Kienis mas macho. Who does that? Who's the manager who tells him, stop, you suck at this. Ever since Jason Hayward's speech, you have sucked at this. Um, no manager, zero manager, zero. Yeah. You don't think either of you don't think Joe Girardi would do that. And that would hold him back from getting the job. Do you really think, <sighs> well, Joe Girardi has a reputation for doing that. He has a mind of his own. Don't you think that's the one thing Theo doesn't want? Um, I don't know that he doesn't want a guy with completely with a mind of his own. Um, but do you, do you think, do you think that a manager has, has the right to talk to a front office guy about how to build the team? I think he should. I think the front office should bring them in. What do you know about this guy? Uh huh. What have your people told you about him? What have your sources I, told I, you I about agree him? With, I agree with that. Do you think you want him in your clubhouse? The problem is, I don't think he's going to leave it to David Ross or Joe Girardi or Joe Espada to make it their clubhouse because it wasn't Joe Madden's clubhouse anymore, was it? Last year? It was Theo's. Theo brought the yeah. principal's desk into the classroom. Well, that's because he was unhappy with the way that Joe was handling And that's the why I think house. he would have fired him if money wasn't an issue mm-hmm. a year ago. But he mo- would have had a new manager last November or October when they lost, the day after they lost. If yeah. he thought money wasn't an issue, I he would have cashiered him then. Well, but it, I think needs money- to be, it needs to be a manager's clubhouse. It it needs to be, but it doesn't when the principal's got a desk in there. Well, when and and, and when because then the manager is the is the principal. Well, and then when when the when the front office and the players are so tight, when there's a direct handoff of all amenities direct from front office to players, and you are also trying to communicate so much front office to players that you've circumvented the manager a little bit. They need to do less of that. Do you I think players? Do you think players will look at whoever this manager is and realize, well, I don't really need to listen to him. If I got an issue, I'll go to Theo. I don't know. I don't know. They're Isn't gonna, that the situation you're creating? That. Not necessarily. I don't think that's it. it you th- I don't think that's the case with some of the other situations that this would be the comp for. You know, like Rocco Baldelli, or what about describe that situation? What is it that you think will be different? What is it, and what is it? What would the difference be? Well, because I mean, like in those situations, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not close enough to them to, to know whether the players do not talk to the manager and do not respect the manager. In the end, it has to be the manager's room. Uh, this I, this wasn't going to work this year because of all the things that they did trying to circumvent the room when Madden just didn't have it in him to do what they wanted him to do. He he really kind of didn't. So both Girardi and Ross seemingly do. They are, they're, they're mucho macho. Kienes Mas Macho is the one who will tell Theo, you really suck with your free agency <laughs> decisions. That's got to stop. Okay. And I think Girardi's, yeah, Girardi's, more more, li- Girardi's more likely to say that. For and sure. Ross would have the, the good housekeeping seal of approval. He would have Theo's, he would be Theo's guy. So David Ross is speaking for all of us. I just wonder about that when he'd be managing guys he played with and mm-hmm. won a World Series with, and and, and managing four guys room. that he's pals with and has worked. Right, for him. that's that's a very tough thing. That's different from Baldelli, right? But he he really was. He didn't certainly didn't win with no, those guys. It right? wasn't part of it. That Aaron is different. Boone certainly didn't win with those guys, right? I mean, you're dealing with you're dealing with former players, David Martin. 
David Martinez is too far removed, but you're dealing with those the younger version of whatever the new profile is for a manager. Yeah. Not guys they played with. That's been trouble in various sports to then coach those guys you were teammates with. You went out drinking that you you may have had things to say about the manager in private. I agree with you um, that you are asking a lot of David Ross, if it's him, to adjust to to adjust his relationships with those guys and to adjust his relationships with you, Theo, yeah. and the front office, and to stand up to you. Did they, Disco Tony Rizzo, how do they relate? <clears throat> you know, it's you're asking a lot, but you're asking a lot of a guy who you think is capable of a lot, personally. Are you asking Tremendous more? people skills. You've brought this up. You brought up the sergeant-at-arms mentality. And we know David Ross did that as a player. Mm-hmm. He he took he he could be quite self-effacing and he could wear it well, but he was that guy from whatever position, backup catcher to to dressing room on clubhouse icon, whatever it was, he was that guy. And that seems to be where a lot of the baseball knowledge is one thing. We'll give you two page two hundred pages of printout for that, but police the room, get tough. They either get tough or they get out. Communicate with the room. Be directly involved. Yeah. Or threaten the room. Right? That seems to be where this is, this is heading. That the opposite of Joe, right? Yeah, account- accountability and likability. You want, you want them to, to be accountable to you, but you have to be likable as, as you're doing it uh, at the same time, which is a tricky balance. They know he had that mix as a player, and they want to tap into that mix as a manager. Because they've been looking for it as a player. They go out and they get these veterans to try and have them come in and, and be that guy. They've, or they've asked Jason Hayward to step up and be that guy. Or they've been waiting and hoping that Anthony Rizzo would step up and be that guy. And it's not happening. No, and Lester was the closest to Ross. Ross did it. It stepped up. It had a positive effect. Lester is the he's, he's latter-day Kerry Wood. It's mm-hmm. like you want him to be that guy. He's big, tall, tough Texan. Yeah. You like that? But guy that pitches once every five days, not so much. All right, so do you think, do you feel like it's just going to be a puppet, like, like Ross will just be? I'm trying to get a sense for where you are. Do you I, feel, I are you worried it, about that? I think it will be viewed that way by some. I don't know if it will be viewed that way in the clubhouse. Maybe they will welcome that being held accountable. There, there are a number of athletes you and I have talked to. We've heard it in different places. Players want to be coached. They want to be coached hard. Yes, Maybe they'll realize they needed to be managed harder than they were and that David Ross is the guy to do it. And there is gravitas there. There's credibility there because they played with him. That may benefit them. I'm not discounting that. Uh I know it's a really tough place to go when you've won with guys and now you're their boss. Sure, but there's also gravitas and credibility because he played not just for Joe Madden, but he played for Dusty Baker. He played for Bobby Cox. He played for Bruce Bochy. He played with Aaron Boone. He played with Kevin Cash, who's in Tampa. Played with Alex Cora. Like, he's been... He had a long career playing for a lot of really good managers. Right. He's the catching Zelig who's mm-hmm. going to be the next manager. But I, I, I... While it is a difficult place to go, he may be talented enough because he seems to be living this charmed life and have that kind of both charisma and credibility uh-huh. to be able to pull off the idea that I'm your boss. I was your friend. I'm still your friend. I respect you as a player. You need to respect me as a manager and do what I'm asking. And maybe guys do want to be coached harder. Javi said something at the end of the year about that. Javi Baez was talking about, we need to adjust. We need to, 
which seemed to call into question both the attitude of getting ready. Theo called in the attitude of getting ready when he pointed out Castellanos. That's what hunger looks like. Well, why wasn't anybody who has a World Series ring insulted by that? They should have been. Mm-hmm. They should be just Anthony as Rizzo hungry. Was. Rizzo was insulted by that. Well, and he was he was in the um, he was isolated in that whole thing. He was in the cone of silence from 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 Get Smart because it didn't seem to resound. It didn't seem to. They didn't seem to be insulted, but that's clearly what Theo is looking for mm-hmm. is a team of that. And maybe David Ross can pull it off. I think Girardi's the guy to tell him. He's the guy to tell him free agency, your choices have sucked. And I think that he's a guy who will be tough, would be tough in the locker room. Um, and he would be a better choice to execute that because he doesn't have those player related memories, feelings, that connection. Okay. So, um, I understand. It is a question of if Theo and those guys want that level of discomfort that Girardi would inherently bring because he does. I think they want a level of discomfort. I think they want to put they a want little a manageable bl- level of discomfort. They want just enough sandpaper. They want they want to put blood in the player's urine. They don't want blood in their own urine. Sometimes they want to yeah, be in yeah. control. Uh-huh. Girardi, I think might scare them and puts blood in everybody's urine because that's he he demands certain things his way and and it seemed to be he was going to do it his way you compared ryan cashman's quotes when girardi was no longer wanted to theo's quotes when joe madden was no longer wanted and they're very similar and they both speak to a guy who's got a mind of its own i'm going to go down i'm going to go down my way and i don't know that theo and jed want that and and I think they're betting on the charisma in the clubhouse and the character as well as the credibility of David Ross mm-hmm. to be able to, to walk a very difficult bridge from former player to current manager. It is asking an awful lot. Right. And I, I think ultimately they'll believe that he's the guy to do that, that could handle it. And he'll get two years to do it, and then everything's going to die. It's yeah. all going to blow up. Yeah, right. I, I, the whole window's gone. I, I wonder if you're Ross, by the way, do you want to? Do you want this level of scrutiny and 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 reputation change? You are you are a legend. You are a cuddly legend on the north side forever. There are T-shirts out there. I miss Grandpa Rossi. Those T-shirts are going to go, hey, we have Grandpa Rossi. And, and you know what? What the hell was he doing with the bullpen yesterday is going to be the new T-shirt. You're the captain of the 1980 U.S. Olympic team. So you're Mike Arruzzioni. You're living off that since 1980. And you ask all the other players I've ever talking to O'Callaghan about it. And Jackson, yeah, he's been living off one goal 40 years, uh-huh. 30 years, and whatever so, it is. So would Arruzzioni or O'Callaghan have coach? Yeah, would they have come back to try and coach the, uh, God, the and coach? Ruined, the team, and yeah. ruined exactly what you're just – no. All right, we'll take a break. And speaking of ruining things, we're going to talk to David Schuster about the Bulls. Dependable. He'll be here. And uh, we'll take caller six again to the contest line, 312-591-6700. Be caller six, win a pair of tickets to see Billy Joel at Notre Dame Stadium next summer on June 20th. Saturday Suckage, Rosenblum and Spiegel, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. to go over time is this song and it can go on for two days. Baseball games, basketball games, not so much. David Schuster joins us on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline. Alpamonte Ford, 500 new and used vehicles to choose from. And on Saturday Suckage, it would not be complete without David Schuster telling us about the Bulls. David, welcome to the show. Well, thank you guys. I, I got to tell you, for starters, that that last segment really sucked. Thank talking you. about the Cubs manager. <laughs> but there was one redeeming factor when you brought up Rosie, the cone of silence from Get Smart, which is one of the all-time, one of my favorites. So it's, that was, uh, it actually made it suck just a little bit less. It's one of the best gimmicks in TV. Kids, really a- kids, ask your parents. That's one of the best. <laughs> Bottom of the hour, by the way, was brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. Fan four packs are a fantastic way to enjoy Chicago Wolves hockey. Four tickets, four hot dogs, four sodas, one large popcorn, and one low price. To get yours, visit ChicagoWolves.com. We are winners. We are the Wolves. David... It- how are the Bulls going to be? I think they might be pretty fun, actually. They might, like, have a nice little entertaining upside as they fight their way to a potential seven seed. Uh, well, that would be, uh, you know, certainly a, a vast improvement, Maddie. I mean, seven seed from where they've been the last few years. I think they'll challenge for a seven or an eight seed, but a lot of things have to go right, obviously. For the first time in years, they have to be healthy, which they have not been for probably a decade almost. Um, they're going to have to get performances, almost all-star performances, from Zach Levine and Lowry Markkinen, and they've gone on record as saying so, John Paxson has. You're also going to have to get some contributions from some of your new younger players. I mean, you saw some positives from Kobe White last night, 24 points, uh, no turnovers, however, no assists, so those two things sort of balanced out. Uh, Daniel Gafford showing that he can be a factor on the defensive end of the court. You know, honestly, guys, if, if they challenge for a 7 or 8 seed and they're near 500, that's probably what will happen. Last night, though, uh, obviously with Jim Boylan resting all his starters, I sort of felt like I was watching Davy Crockett at the Alamo. They were outperformed, outgunned, outmanned, and, uh, you know, they were just beaten last night. So, so all the starters will be back. It's going to be Thomas Sadoransky at the point guard position. That's no revelation. He's been the best so far in the two-plus games that he's played. And so uh, we'll see. I mean, again, if they're healthy, they have a chance to be a playoff team. David Schuster joined us on the score. Rosenblum and Spiegel, Saturday Suckage. And, you know, Spiegel talking about a seventh seed tells you that this is the wake and bake show. I Would there be, would there be anything that tells you that, that – in the course of a game, and I realize it's just preseason, we have no idea. In the course of a game, Jim Boylan can coach this team as if the playoffs depended on it. 
Hmm. Well, first of all, it's a player's league, so that's first and foremost. <laughs> so coaches coaches don't matter. Well, I mean, they're secondary in my mind. Um, can he coach a team? Can he coach a team into the playoffs? Is that what your question is? Well, yeah, he has to. If, if that matters, I, I'm never, you know, listening to Pax at the the opening training camp. The idea of that's, you know, that's our goal. That's our. It's not really saying it has to be there. I guess he. I don't know if he didn't want to put pressure on it. He didn't have those expectations. I. I really don't know that there is a goal this year other than everybody keeps their job. That seems to be it. No, the goal is, honestly, to make the playoffs. I've talked to them both on and off the record. They want to be a playoff team this year. Jim Boylan, by the way, does have blood in his urine, so he's got that going for him. Um, yeah, he, you know, listen, again, it's a player's league. If the players are healthy, if the players perform, uh, if Jim Boylan – well, he calls a lot of timeouts. Even last night, you can tell that he was sort of ticking off uh, uh, Nate McMillan with some of his timeouts in last night's game. But, yeah, I, I think he could coach this team to the playoffs, but I'm going to say it again. It's a, it's a player's league. The players have to perform. I don't think Jim Boylan will get in the way of them potentially being a playoff team. David, interesting stuff in the Sun-Times today from uh, our old pal Joe Cowley uh, about how Zach Levine is unhappy with the analytics department in the front office who is telling him to eliminate his in-between game, or at least limit it. Shoot more threes and attack the basket and do that dunk thing that you do that we like that a lot. (laughs) But the other stuff is not as efficient, and by the way, that's the way of the league. Zach Levine seems a little displeased by that. As well he should. What idiotics. I mean, you know, having that kind of stuff creep into a basketball game. Listen, if you're a foot in front of the uh, three-point arc, you might as well take the one step back and, you know, try for the extra point. I understand that. But if you're telling the guy if he gets into the lane and he can't get to the basket where he should just dribble back out beyond the three-point lane and, and shoot from outside as opposed to taking an easy 15-footer, that's just stupid. So, you know, the analytics in basketball, listen, I'm not a big analytics person in almost any sport, but in basketball, it really blows my mind. And and Zach Levine would be 100% correct for saying, are you blank, blank, blank crazy? Not a not a not a Rockets new. fan? You're not not a fan of the way the Rockets play or James Harden plays? Well, I mean, listen, if they can hit the threes and and some teams are putting up 40 to 50 threes a game. Okay, that's fine if you if you have guys that are capable of doing that. But if you're going to just blow away everything else that's part of a basketball game, it just you no. Know, after a while, doesn't make sense to me. I'll be honest with you. Again, the three pointer is part of basketball. Don't get me wrong, and and you probably should put up a lot of them in the course of a game. But you're not going to just strictly shoot three pointers and blow off everything else if you're able to do everything else. So no, I'm not a big fan of that. No, but. Here's the problem with that whole thing is Zach Levine and the Bulls seem late to this whole idea of what the NBA has become. This is not new. The fact that it sounds new or that he's, that Zach Levine is still fighting it, that the Bulls haven't figured out this shouldn't be a fight at all. This should be this should be done. We have we have burned down the two point shot. This speaks to a a laggard organization. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. You're so off the kilter sometimes. Zach Levine shoots plenty of three-pointers, as is. 
and he's pretty darn good at doing it, especially when he gets into the zone. But he's not going to just strictly sit beyond the three-point arc and shoot him up all day if he can get into the lane. Certainly, if he can get to the lane and get to the basket and, and get an and one, that's the most favorable thing for him to do. But again, if he's in the lane and he can't get to the basket, he's not going to turn you know, turn away a 15 footer to go dribble back out beyond the three point arc and shoot it out there. That's just plain stupid. Nobody wants him to do that, David. They want him to think about these broad strokes. They want him to think about this stuff um, strategically and philosophically. But then, in the flow of the game, and he says it himself as well. He's going to end up doing some of that isolation mid-range stuff when you need a bucket because that's, you know, that's what he knows and that's what he's good at. And you still need guys in this league to do it. But I don't have a problem with the philosophy coming into play. Like Rosie says, welcome to 2012, Bulls. (laughs) Okay, let me me rephrase it. In the NBA, yes, the three-pointer is more prevalent now than maybe ever before in the NBA. You know, the ABA, obviously, is where it started. And, and some teams use it very, very, very successfully. Houston, obviously, being first and foremost. Golden State, of course. you got to have the guys who can do it. You're not going to put up 53-pointers if you can't hit a percentage. Last night, the Bulls' percentage from behind the arc, I think, was like 20%. If you're going to put up 53-pointers and you're only hitting 20%, that's not good enough. So you gotta you got to make them first and foremost. I'm just say, simply saying... Zach Levine is capable of hitting three-pointers, but he's not going to change his game strictly because some guy on a computer sitting upstairs in the office says, well, you should shoot more three-pointers. He'll, he'll shoot them. He'll make them. But he's also able to score in a lot of different ways. He's a scoring machine. That's what his NBA game is all about. So, again, you know, if Zach Levine is upset by some guy who's on a computer telling him what to do, I'm all for Zach Levine in this instance. David, did you see a movie? I did. Well, there was a segue. Yes. Uh, well, I, Gem- I didn't I want saw- to get out of the segment without <laughs> having a movie review. I saw Gemini Man yesterday, which is just out yesterday or the day before. And, and uh, it's, a, it's an okay movie. It's, it's, it's a perfect movie for this time of year. It's a mindless movie. It's a fairly predictable movie. Even if you see the trailer, you can almost guess what's going to happen in this movie. Will Smith, who has really not had a blockbuster in a long time, at least I can't remember one, um, he's okay in this movie. He plays sort of a dual role. If you've seen the trailer, you know what I'm talking about. So, again, it's not a great movie, not a terrible movie. It's sort of a mindless movie. It's a two-hour escape is the way I look at it. All righty, then. We all know we can escape for two hours and bring our buttered popcorn and go from there. Thanks Th- you. Thank you, David. Harry. Thanks, David. See you, guys. All right. Last year, the Bulls uh, attempted 25.9 three-pointers per game. That was tw- that rank, 27th out of 30. In the NBA. In a a league built on three-pointers. 27th out of 30. Already in this preseason, they have at different times taken 38 three-pointers, 37 three-pointers, 39 three-pointers. They're taking a lot more as a team. They're gunning uh, a lot more as a team, and they should be. And they also have some guys who can do it a little bit more. So, um, it, 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 And it's not asking him to dribble in and dribble out. It's dribble in and draw people and then throw it to Lori Markin, who's wisely standing beyond the three-point arc, and then he throws it into the basket, and they win. That's the idea. By the way, the Will Smith thing in Gemini Man, I think it was the, I think it was the um, premiere, and they asked him what, what regrets as you make this 
to do this movie and you've had a career that has spanned a variety of things. Mm -hmm. What regrets do you have? And I think what he said was, I I say to myself, or what would you tell the the younger Will Smith now? Dear A blank, H-O-L-E. Don't do Alias Smith and Jones. Do The Matrix. Don't turn down The Matrix. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, it's good advice. Yeah, it's sad. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, um, we have um, – there There will be another uh, another game. We, we will do that hockey because we need to explain that hockey. And we'll um, we'll talk some, some bears and – where the where the problem is and what they do if it this bye week has kind of has kind of put it's been somnambulant and what's what's a problem and um, Habarkish brought up a suggestion we'll see how that goes and what other what suggestions what changes are there on the roster what do you do we'll make Matt Spiegel the coach because he doesn't have enough jobs yet Rosalind Spiegel Saturday second Chicago Sports Radio six seventy the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.